0: What's up, y'all? We are back again with another Monday episode of the Shoot Your Shot Sports Podcast. Today, we've got a few Monday mailbag questions, a whole lot of Super Bowl talk, and some recent news in Major League Baseball and the NBA. Episode 32 coming at you right now. Everybody and welcome back once again. We're coming off our first football-less weekend since the fall, but it's okay because it's the Super Bowl this weekend. And also, if you're into like less mainstream sports like me, it was still a huge week. We're coming off the Farmers Insurance Open, going into the Waste Management Open this weekend. Big news today is the tra- transfer deadline in the English Premier League. And we have a big free UFC card on Saturday night. So, P, how you doing, man? I'm
1: good. Yeah, you're you're digging into kind of the, the outside of the big three sports. I'm happy for you. I kind of took the uh, football this weekend and took the weekend off from sports. Tori and I started Peaky Blinders over the weekend. I don't know if you've ever watched that I've show. I've never but, watched it, but I've, I've heard of it for sure. Yeah, we're we're dug into that. We're already on season three, so we're... We're full speed ahead. Who are the big
0: actors in that? Is Killian Murphy in that?
1: Yes, Killian Murphy is Tommy Shelby. He's kind of the, the head dog. Okay. I don't know if you've seen the wire, but he's he's kind of like the stringer bell of the gang. Who plays Stringer
0: Bell? Idris Elba. Okay, that's Charles dope. Minor. That's dope. Charles Minor, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a good show. You should watch it
0: sometime. That sounds like a plan. Um, Okay, we're going to start off a little Monday mailbag action, huh? Let's
1: just dive into it. So the first Monday mailbag question, this one comes from Sam Blackman, who, you know, he might win listener of the year. This guy just has some ridiculously entertaining opinions and questions. Yes, we
0: need him on. (laughs) If if we ever have guests on the show, Sam, you have qualified to be one of our first guests for
1: sure. Yeah, Sam is just an elite listener. So here we go. Sam asked, if Matt Stafford sucks or gets hurt, should the Rams fire Sean McVay at the end of the year?
0: And so this is obviously, this
1: this obviously revolves around the big trade. It was the big news of the week, which felt a little funny because. You know, this is Super Bowl week. You expected to hear about the Super Bowl all week long. It's supposed to be media week at the Super Bowl, but with COVID, that couldn't happen. So instead of talking about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, we spent the entire week talking about Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, who got traded for each other. I think the the full trade was Stafford to the Rams in exchange for Jared Goff, two first round picks and a third round pick. Lando, what do you think about the trade? And what do you what do you think about Sam's
0: question? Well, let's start with the trade because I think we need to get in, get into that a little bit first. I Actually, the more I think about it, I love the trade really for both teams, right? I think the Lions very much need to blow it up and start over. And so having a younger quarterback and more draft capital is exactly what they're looking for. So I think it's really good for the Lions' future. I love the move for the Rams for this reason. We've talked about it before that unless you're Tom Brady, in the NFL, your window to win a Super Bowl opens and closes in a hurry. Teams get like players get hurt, guys age and kind of wear down over time, salary issues cause rosters to just kind of fall apart over time. So when you have a chance to win a Super Bowl, you've got to go for it. And so I just love how the Rams saw that this is their opening, saw this is their opportunity. They've got a really good team and they thought that they're one star quarterback, one upgraded quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. And so they're going full send and I'm all about it. The rumor is that they had actually tried for Aaron Rodgers to to pry him from the Packers before they moved on to Matthew Stafford. And so I love this. I think that Stafford can be a top-level quarterback in the NFL when he's got a really good team surrounding him. He had a year, one year with Calvin Johnson on his team where he threw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Like The guy can play some football with this team around him, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and a running game with Cam Akers emerging. I think it's going to be a really, really tough Rams team to beat next year. I love it for both teams. I like it for both teams as well. I initially liked it for the Rams a little bit more
1: than I do now. I I think I've seen a few things come out since the trade happened that have made me like it a little bit less for the Rams in terms of how much they gave up. Because initially, when people were talking about this, they kind of compared it to the Brock Osweiler trade back in 2018 when a second round pick was attached to Brock Osweiler just to say, Please, like, we'll give you the second round pick. Just take his contract and let us get rid of him. But I don't know that that was necessarily the case here. Like, people were acting like the Rams gave up a first and a third for Stafford, and then gave up another first round pick just in, in order to get rid of Jared Goff's contract. But the more I saw come out about this, like Peter Schrager of ESPN came out and said that a trade market had started to develop for Jared Goff on his own. Like, teams were calling the Rams asking if he was available, kind of knowing that that relationship was fractured between Goff and McVay, and if that. that That was the case, like if they could have just made this two separate trades somehow, where instead of attaching a first-round pick to Goff to get rid of his horrible deal, they could have flipped him for like even a fourth or fifth rounder. I just think it would have been a better deal for them. So I wish that they didn't kind of rush this and got more out of it. But at the end of the day, you're right. Super Bowl windows are small. Aaron Donald is not going to be in his prime forever. Same with Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they got to take advantage of that incredible defense and the offensive weapons they have on that side of the ball. You mentioned Woods, Cup, Acres. So I don't blame the Rams for going for it. I just I really worry that they're gonna be in a horrible position in a
0: few years. That's fair, but it's one of those things that if they win a Super Bowl next year, they don't care. That's just how it is. You are willing to mortgage your future for one Super Bowl and if they win it in the next couple of years because of this trade, then that's very much worth it. And I think they're gonna agree with that too. I agree with you. If they just
1: win one Super Bowl, it's entirely worth it. But what worries me about this is their, their last first round pick was Jared Goff in 2016. And now they're set up to not have a first round pick again for 2024. Like we just haven't quite seen a devaluing of first round picks quite this extreme in a long time or really I guess ever so I just I worry that in a few years this doesn't work out you know Stafford Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey are past their prime they're completely devoid of talent and then this guy who they clearly love and entrust with the franchise Sean McVeigh, just walks and goes to a better team because he can't win there anymore so I don't know they're they're really going for it and I appreciate it but with the the unprecedented trading of first round picks I just
0: I worry about their future yeah, it's, it's, we're back in the same spot. It's the same exact thing that we were talking about a minute ago. If they win a Super Bowl, then that's fine. If they never win one, they're in a really bad spot, and that's just kind of how it's going to be. Results will tell whether or not this is a good trade in the long run. Yeah, and I, I hate to be Debbie Downer here,
1: but um, the Lions went 5-11 and 11 last year, and the Rams made the playoffs, lost in the second round. Would it shock you if each team had the exact same result next year?
0: Uh, It would shock me a little bit. I think the Rams' regular season will, will be about the same. You got you got to consider the Rams, barring injury issues, to be one of the top contenders for the Super Bowl next year. They're they've got to be up there. That team can make a deeper run than second round next year. Oh, they absolutely can. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me. Of course it would. Of course it would. A good team loses in the second round of the playoffs every year.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just that's my prediction is that each team has the exact same outcome next year. Fair enough. We need to answer Sam's question, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, we do. Um, Okay, so the question of if Stafford sucks is one thing. If Stafford gets hurt, I don't think McVay is going to get fired. No. That would be pretty tough for a coach to get fired just because his quarterback got hurt, especially since he's not the GM who made the trade. I'm I'm sure he had huge influence on it. But no, Sam, I do not believe uh, Sean McVay is going to get fired anytime soon.
0: No, I think Sean McVay has built up enough relational equity there that he's going to be sticking around for at least a few more years if he wants to. He could leave on his own, but I don't think he's getting fired anytime soon. Right. All right. Well, we're on the same page there. You want to move on to question number two? Yeah, we got a a question uh, from JoJo in Frisco. He wants to know that putting aside other relevant factors like salary cap, which quarterback would you rather have, Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson? That's an interesting one, and he's from Frisco, also Dallas, so Mm -hmm. I guess he's
1: a hometown you know, Cowboys Dak guy, so he wants to know who you'd take between these two. And it's an interesting one because I just think it's closer than a lot of people think. I think – Especially, you know, this week with Deshaun Watson's trade rumors, seeing these suggested, you know, returns that the Texans could get for him. I don't know. I just feel like we've approached a territory where Deshaun's being a little bit overvalued. I think that he and Dak personally are largely the same guy, have had careers so far that kind of mirror each other. So I don't know. I I think that this is a little bit of a wash. I I guess Dak coming off the injury and Deshaun having the best year of his career without DeAndre Hopkins, I'm gonna lean Deshaun, but I think it's really close. Yeah, it's interesting
0: because when I first had the question, saw the question, I immediately thought, oh, it's got to be Deshaun Watson, right? And I think that's what you're getting at is that people, most of the time, initially you, your reaction is Deshaun Watson's got to be better than Dak. So I dug into the numbers a little bit. So I've got a lot of numbers to answer this question. So bear with me. So first of all, you look at career touchdown to interception ratio. Dak is 106 touchdowns to 40 interceptions. Deshaun Watson's 104 to 36, so almost the exact same thing. If you look at their career best seasons, which for Dak was 2019, he had 4,900 yards with 30 touchdowns and 11 picks. This past year was Deshaun's best season with 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, and 7 picks. Almost the same thing once again. And then I would have also thought that Deshaun Watson's career rushing numbers would have been better, but they're not. It's 1,300 yards, or sorry, 1,600 yards and 17 career touchdowns rushing for Deshaun Watson, 1,300 yards and 24 touchdowns for Dak. So numbers-wise, throughout their entire careers, they're almost the exact same player. Dak has a little bit better win-loss record, but I don't really figure that in because so much of that is based on team context and everything. I like both of them as individuals, as people, as leaders of football teams. It is so even to me, so I don't really know. I guess I'm going to go with Dak Prescott because he's my team's guy, but there's not there's not a wrong way to go. I think both of these guys are teams that I would very much like to be on my team. Yeah, like you, you mentioned
1: the numbers. They're so similar. They both run a little bit, but they are still you know good pocket passers when they need to be. They're both one and two in the playoffs. They've each made the playoffs, I think, twice in their four or five years so far. They're just I don't know, I just I think they're largely the same guy. And I saw an article from ESPN this week in relation to the Deshaun Watson trade request, and it was like, these are the offers that seventeen teams could put on the table for Deshaun Watson. Did you see this? No, I did not. So yeah, this was an ESPN article, and the suggested trade for the Cowboys was DAC plus the tenth overall pick in 2021 and a first rounder in 2023 for Deshaun Watson and a fourth round pick. Wow. It's like the discrepancy between these two is not nearly that big. Like no. two first rounders attached to Dak and the uh the one that's a tenth overall like that's insane and then people might factor in to this question that jojo asked the injury risk with that coming off of the uh, soup ankle that was kind of gnarly um but deshaun watson you got to remember he's torn both acls mm-hmm. so both guys have injury risk going forward i just i think that they are largely the
0: same player yeah i'm completely with you i think that would surprise a lot of people but i think the numbers bear it out that they're pretty similar and i think you're going to be well off if you have either one right and we'll see if
1: that gets that contract I mean Deshaun got four years 160 and is locked into that potentially potentially for a while with the Texans we'll see if that gets something similar this off season. but let's move on to
0: this next question all right this one comes from Jason Chong big golf guys so we're gonna take a little golf turn right now he wants to know what our reaction is to the Patrick Reed incident over the weekend so I saw
1: that he was engulfed in another potential rules infraction and that some of the other players were a little pissed off about it, but I don't know the full background. Why don't you give it to me?
0: Yeah. So he hit a ball left on a hole, like left of the green. It had been raining, I guess, the past couple of days before this day. So the ground was a little bit soggy in some places. I guess he and his caddy and whoever else didn't see the ball bounce. And so he said that the ball was embedded into the ground. He had a pretty bad lie. He said the ball was embedded into the ground didn't wait to call over a rules official, went ahead and picked up the ball already, then called the guy over, ended up getting a much better lie, making it up and down, and parring a hole that possibly could have been much worse had he not improved his lie. And so everyone was just kind of wondering if he did the right thing. And even though the PGA said he did, the fact that he didn't call over the rules official before he moved the ball, and the fact that he has all these past incidences already on his record, kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And... He's not really a really likable guy in the first place, and so it's caused some controversy, even to the point that I saw that one betting website today is giving everyone refunds if they bet on any golfer other than Patrick Reed because it was so controversial. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay,
1: I didn't realize it. Re- it reached that level of controversy. That's interesting. Yes. But yeah. So I was less focused on the golf aspect of this and more focused on the social media aspect of this whole storyline. Did you see that Patrick Bur- or Patrick Reed's burner account got revealed on Twitter?
0: Yeah. Is it is it confirmed or just likely? It's highly likely okay. because
1: it has all of the characteristics of a typical burner account. He tweeted something from his personal account and his burner exact like, same si- simultaneously pretty much yeah. and then you dig into like the past of this burner account and it was created and then immediately just jumps into like adamant defenses of Patrick Reed <laughs> and talking about yeah. why he's the best player in the world. No and, way. Or wasn't just them.
0: defending his cheating. It was actually talking about how awesome he is. Oh
1: yeah. Oh. So, so like 90... <laughs> I guess there were probably 20 tweets on this account, and 19 of them are defending Patrick Reed. Oh, my god! And then one of them is saying that nobody deserves to win the green jacket at the Masters if they won it without the experience of having fans there. So pretty much a direct shot at DJ because he was <laughs> the only one who ever did that, obviously, with the COVID <laughs> Masters and no fans at the the event. So, yeah, this is not going to help Patrick Reed's likability on tour at all.
0: No. And I don't know the rules of golf well enough to know whether or not Patrick Reed did the right thing this weekend, but man, he's just really, really hard to root for for a lot of different reasons. So I don't know. It's, it's the same thing we talk about in other sports is that every sport needs a villain. So I kind of like this in that way. It's just, he's a good guy to root against in all future golf tournaments. So I guess I'm excited about that, but yeah, kind of a bummer bummer that he went on to win. And I think everyone's just going to be kind of looking for him
1: to lose in the future right it puts a lot more pressure on himself I mean I just hope that he's not in contention at any of the majors but we will see all right let's move on to question number four this one is from Billy Trujillo and now we're getting into Super Bowl talk Billy asked what is your max bet lock for the Super Bowl I'm talking money back guarantee so it sounds like Bill's trying to wrap up his football betting season with a big W Lando what
0: you got all right so this is an obscure one but I like it a lot Okay, so let's start off with the background information. The national anthem this year is being sung by a combination. It's a duet of Jasmine Sullivan, Jasmine Sullivan whoever that is, no idea, and Eric Church, legend. So, the over under for how long they take to sing the national anthem is a minute 59 seconds. There is a bet on Bovada asking will any scoring drive take less time than it takes to sing the national anthem? My stone cold lock is yes. There will be at least one scoring drive that will take less time than the time it takes to sing the national anthem. It's gotta happen. Ooh, okay. I like that. I mean, both of these teams have really
1: good offenses. And when you got when you got guys like Tyreek Hill, Meikle Hardman, some absolute burners out there, you've got potential for these huge explosive plays. So it sounds like that's what you're banking that's on. That's what
0: I'm saying. And both teams love to throw it downfield. And plus, you got to keep in mind, there's all these two-minute situations at the end of both halves where teams want to score really fast or need to score really fast. I just think that the odds are very high that someone will score in less time than that. I like that. I have a question for you logistically. What you got? And I don't know
1: if you'll know the answer to this, but like, what if there's a draft Drive that's been three minutes and then there's a pick six or like a fumble touchdown i assume that doesn't count as I an under
0: i don't think so it's a really good question like a punt return touchdown no i think it's got to be like a drive by the offense i'm pretty okay. sure. okay
1: i still like it a lot of a lot of uh, explosive guys out there that could have long tuddies that could strike quick so mine could kind of play into that mine is over under jersey number of the player to score the first touchdown wow that's a good one the What's odds are are minus 115 and the over under is 17 and a half. So I like the under because that gives you Tyreek Hill, Mecole Hardman and Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs. You mm-hmm. never know. Zone Reed, quarterback sneak. He could run it in the red zone. He's an elusive quick guy. Mm-hmm. And then on the buck side, you've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and Tom Brady, the quarterback sneak god. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got a lot of guys there. You are missing pretty much all of the running backs and Travis Kelsey. So I kind of get how this is evenly split, but I like it to be a passing touchdown. I think this is going to be kind of a dual, air it out game on both sides. Um, so I, I like the under
0: here. Who else? We got Scotty Miller's like, what, 10, right? I mean, obviously the chances of him scoring the first touchdown are low, but every guy you can get is a, is a win. Every guy you can get to win. I mean, what number is Byron Pringle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, that reminds me, Demarcus Robinson, who is a decent receiver for the Chiefs. I think he's number 11. He got put on the COVID list today, so that's a bummer. So he's not going to be one of your guys. Yeah, I
1: wasn't banking on him anyway. I don't I don't consider him a factor here, but I'm going under 17 and a half. And you know what's great about this what is like, that? what if early in the game, Tyreek Hill catches a touchdown pass on a deep ball for a drive that's less than 159? That would be hype. Then we both hit on
0: the same play. Pour away bang lay it down come Ooh, on billy what are the odds on yours the odds on mine so the the bet i chose was a little bit more on the yes side so i went with the yes side and it's minus 270 and no is plus 180. So I, I took a okay. favorite, but I'm, I think the odds are way better than minus 270 that it hits. All right. I
1: like that. I mean, I don't think you can parlay props, but well, you it, be able it's to. fun to take both either way. So Billy, those are both stone cold locks. And then one that I want to give you that's not a prop that's on the actual game. I understand this is cheating a little bit, but I'm going cheap's money line. It's minus 160. I don't want to take the minus three and a half just because I hate that hook. I don't want to, you know, risk the backdoor cover. Everyone, no one likes to lose that way so i'm going chiefs minus 160 and kind of jumping into the analysis of the game itself i want to rewind to preseason before the nfl started this year and just talk about what the narrative was going into the season and that was that the kansas city chiefs are the defending super bowl champion returning an unprecedented 20 out of 22 starters and their entire coaching staff i mean that's that's continuity that we've never seen before from a super bowl team and in patrick mahomes starts this year they went 14 and 1 and now they've really turned the offense up we mentioned the the play or pre snap motion and shift stats from andy Reid last week they, they have fully turned it on and i think this team is just as close to unbeatable as it really gets in the league
0: and i've just got the chiefs as a lock to win this thing i think they win it by 10. okay i like that i also think the chiefs are going to win the game I've kind of tried to talk myself into it being closer than I think it's going to be than I originally thought. But like, the more I think about it, like you're saying, the Chiefs are just so talented. They're just, the, the Bucks are good, but the Chiefs have just so many weapons on both sides of the ball. They're going to be really hard to stop. I'm going to go with Chiefs 34 and Bucks 21. 34-21? 34-21. Okay, I'm going
1: 34-24. Wow. So you're under and I'm over. I think it's 56 and a half. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we might have to place a bet on that. But I, I think that we have to mention that these teams did play this year, and it they was did. late in the season. They played in Week 13, so it was kind of right before the Bucks turned it on. They kind of got beat down in this game. Um, the Chiefs got out to a 17 to nothing lead in the first quarter then took the foot off the gas and ended up winning 27-24 but if you remember this was the game where Tyreek Hill went off for 269 yards and three touchdowns just went nuts Patrick Mahomes threw for 462 so that's a matchup to watch I mean I know the Bucks defense has been really good down the stretch and Carlton Davis has been really strong at corner but Tyreek Hill is a just matchup nightmare a lot of guys just can't stick with him speed wise so I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with them so look out for Tyreek this weekend
0: yeah for sure we mentioned it last week but one thing to keep an eye on I think they're both going to play but as of the conference championship games both of the Bucks starting safeties Antoine Winfield and Jordan Whitehead were both out I think they're both going to be playing but if either one of those guys is out it's even a bigger problem trying to cover Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill so keep an eye out for that
1: yeah and while we're on the injury topic and because you mentioned you were trying to talk yourself into this game being closer than it might be the only reason that I'm kind of leaning towards maybe the Bucks have a chance here is that left tackle for the Chiefs, Eric Fisher, is out. I mean, that's he's a big. pro bowler, former number one overall pick, protecting Patrick Mahomes' blind side. The Bucks were fourth in the league this year with 40 sacks. They've got a really strong pass rush with JPP, and King Sue, Devin White. Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett coming off the edge. I think he had 19 and a half sacks or something last year. I mean, they've got a really strong front seven coming for the quarterback. So I think that's really their chance in this game is if they try to bring somebody off the left edge and really attack that backup left tackle.
0: Yeah, they were getting after Aaron Rodgers' all day last weekend. So that's going to be something to look out for, for sure. So before we move on from the Super Bowl, I want to get back to a few more prop bets. One is the coin toss. I have a running deal with one of my friends that all these big games, every national championship in college football, every Super Bowl, we bet on the coin toss. I lose every time. I'm rolling with heads again this year, but I'm not very confident. Ooh, you're a heads guy. I'm a heads guy, but it's really I've lost the last several
1: in a row. Wow, okay. I'm going to take tails. Uh, A prop that I like, total punts by both teams. I'm going over six and a half. It's minus 115, so even odds. The last time these teams played in week 13, there was a total of eight punts. I just feel like in games like this, there's a little bit of early game jitters. Both teams trying to feel each other out, so I could see maybe like several three or four punts in the first quarter to get us off to a hot start. Seven punts really isn't a ton, even with high powered offenses. So over six and a half
0: punts. I haven't heard a word you said since you said even odds. <laughs> I confused. Uh, no, I'm going to go. That's a really good one. I think I'm going to go under six and a half. I think it's gonna be close. We got we got Patty Mahomes and the goat Tom Brady role. And so I'm going to go under. All right, fair enough. Well, what's your next prop? My next prop is how many times will the chains be used for measurement? Now, I went back and forth on this one for a while because this is a deep thinking one. I think I'm going to go with the underdog, which is funny because the underdog is over. Is that even odds and the underdog being over? We're just no, throwing everybody m- off here. W- what's the line? The, it's over is plus 150 and okay. under is minus 200. And Wait, so how many times though? Oh my bad. One and half, one and a half, one and a half. Okay.
1: So so it's plus one fifty <laughs> if the chains get brought out twice. Yes. Okay, I kind of like that. Yeah. That's interesting. It's a
0: fun one, too, because you're just rooting for, like, this is why prop bets are fun. You're rooting for the most ridiculous things. We're rooting for every player to get tackled right at the yellow line on every play. So I want I want to go with the over because it's even more fun.
1: Yeah, and another huge thing to think about there is if the Bucks get in any, like, fourth and ones, it's a lock that they're going to do a quarterback sneak with Brady. For sure. And so it's going to be close even if they get it. And then Bruce Arians will, like, ask him to bring out the sticks and measure because even if he knows they got it, it's like a free timeout. Dude, that might be genius. It's perfect.
0: Billy, lock it in. I love it. It's another lock bet. I love it. Okay, we're going back to the national anthem for the next one. Who will sing the most words? Now, this is going to be tough because we're going to need like five replays or so to actually figure out the winner of this one. Who's going to sing the most words, Eric Church or Jasmine Sullivan? So I don't know who Jasmine Sullivan is. And that leads me to my answer because
1: it's going to be her. Eric Church, I guess, is a little bit more established as an artist. He's going to be the complement here, kind of taking the the Robin role. Jasmine Sullivan's going to be Batman. She's going more words in
0: the anthem for sure. So I didn't write down the odds on this one, but I remember that Eric Church was the underdog. So like Jasmine, sorry, Eric Church was the favorite. Eric Church was expected to see more words, which is why I think you've got to go Jasmine Sullivan. I think you're right. So I read an article. Eric church apparently has said for years he was never going to sing the national anthem at any sporting event because it's too hard of a song to sing. Like it's a really tough song. And he's like, I'm not really a vocalist. I'm more of like a songwriter or whatever. But he's like, I'm not going to pass up this opportunity because I've heard Jasmine Sullivan sing and her voice is amazing. So I want to do it. So I think you're exactly right. I think he's going to want to be the compliment guy. He's going to come in like filler times, you know, be be like the, the sideshow and yeah. she's going to be the main event. So I'm with you all the way. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's good thorough analysis. I yeah, like that. I love it. You didn't give me the heads up to prepare for that
1: one, but is Eric Church going to be playing
0: guitar? Cause that could be a huge factor too. That's a great question. I would be willing to guess he would probably be playing guitar because he's a really good guitar player. Yeah. All right. So, Jasmine Sullivan, more words, lock it in. Okay. Question for you on a lot of these prop bets, because I was talking about this while golfing with friends over the weekend. Aren't a lot of these known ahead of time? Like, okay, for example, somebody who is part of the Super Bowl knows how many wardrobe changes the weekend is going to have during the halftime show. What is stopping them from just laying down fat stacks on the over or whatever, whatever it's going to be for the wardrobe changes? Like, people know the answers to these questions. I don't know. I mean, to answer your question, I would say
1: 10 to 15 years in a white collar prison, insider trading. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, <laughs> I mean, there has to be like if you go and bet 250k in Vegas, and then someone just easily proves that you knew what it was going to be. Like if you're the water boy and you go bet on what color the Gatorade bath is going to be. Like I think that they're going to figure you out pretty quick. Yeah. And I, I think you could actually
0: probably go to prison for that. Yeah, you might be right. That's very true. But like I was wondering, like the producers got to have some like distant friend who bets 200 thousand dollars in the over for how many times Giselle Bunchin's going to be shown during the game, and he's like, oh yeah, it's cut to her twice. Like
1: yeah, there, there's always. like this quote unquote inside info that comes out on these props every year like I remember Demi Lovato sang the anthem last year and like people were talking about oh I've I know somebody that was like in the rehearsal and saw her rehearse five times bet the under so I did it and then it went over and it's like I don't trust anyone on these things (laughs) and it was it's really tough because the um the the way sportsbook has it is the number of seconds so I celebrated thinking that I won and then figured out that I was thinking 10 seconds off so it was a (laughs) devastating loss so I'm staying away from the anthem over under this year just hammering jasmine sullivan okay fair enough are you got any more good ones yeah total sacks by both teams I'm going over four and a half Mm. and that's plus 110 these quarterbacks are really tough to sack. I mean, Tom Brady is notorious for getting the ball out really quick. Patrick Mahomes is notorious for being super elusive and avoiding sacks. But we did mention left tackle Eric Fisher. He's going to be out for the Chiefs. That makes it a little bit tougher for Mahomes. And the Bucks. like we said, have a great pass rush, 40 sacks this year. So I think over four and a half hits, especially when both teams are going to be throwing the ball a ton. A lot of dropbacks.
0: Okay, I'm going to go the opposite way on that one. I think I'm going to go with the under just because of the quarterback situation. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is not going into this game thinking that his left tackle is going to play, and all of a sudden this is a, is a surprise. He knows that the Bucks pass rush is good. He knows his left tackle is gone, so he's going to be ready to get the ball out fast. For that reason, I'm going under. All right, but these quarterbacks, they've, they've got this mental clock.
1: He hasn't had time to adjust. He's had time to adjust. He's had two weeks. He's good.
0: Whatever, man. All right. <laughs> all right, I got one more. All right, what will be mentioned first, Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl or Tom Brady's age being 43 years old? Oh man, like from the second the broadcast starts? From the second the broadcast starts, what's going to be said first? That it's his 10th Super Bowl or that he's 43 years old? I think that actually might
1: be a lock, but it depends on who's talking first. Because Chris Collinsworth, is he calling the game? I think it's Nance and Romo. Oh, really? I think so. I actually haven't looked that up, but I'm pretty sure it's Nance and Romo. Oh, that totally changes things because I was going to say, Collinsworth will 100% say something about 43-year-old Tom Brady. (laughs) Um, Man, Jim Nance is going to be the lead guy. I think it's going to be 10th Super Bowl. Do you? Yeah, it's going to be introduced as Chiefs defending champion versus Tampa Bay Bucks with Tom Brady in his 10th Super Bowl. I'm
0: going that. See, I think, I was just trying to think of, if you were to say this in a sentence, how would you say it? And I think I would always say, 43 year old tom brady making his 10th super bowl appearance i think you always say it like that i feel like the sentence sounds wrong the other way tom brady making his 10th super bowl appearance at the age of
1: 43 years yeah, old is remarkable oh man that's tough i think 43 first that's a coin flip I'm going 43 first all the way okay well you've got heads and 43 and i've got tails and 10th super bowl let's go lock it in all right deal you got any more uh that's about all i got for the nfl cool, for, cool. for the props cool let's go ahead and move on what do we talk about a little nba basketball Let's do it. Yeah. The first thing I want to start with is a stat that Ruskell texted me today. He's become the Shoot Your Shot Sports Stats and Info Department, like we've said before. Love that. Thanks, Ruskell. Yeah, so since the James Harden trade, the Nets have the best offensive rating and worst defensive rating in the entire NBA. And beyond that, they would be on pace to have the best and worst ever in those categories. So they have this clearly defined strategy now with the big three of KD, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, that they're just gonna try to outscore you. And of course that's the object of the game, you know, in every sport. But what I mean by that is they're trying to win these games 145 to 142 every night. I'm not quite sure it's a a sustainable strategy, but what do you think? Well, did you see what they did last night?
0: They lost to uh, Westbrook, right? They lost to the Wizards like 150 to something. They went into the fourth quarter with a lead against the worst team in the NBA, the Washington Wizards, and they gave up 48 points in the fourth quarter alone to lose 149 to 146. I think that's your answer right there. And the thing is, because this has happened a couple times, is that they'll have all of the big guys go off offensively. They'll just crush it and put up great numbers, great field goal percentages, like have awesome offensive games. But their defense is so bad they can still lose to the worst team in the NBA even with all those guys playing well. So yeah, they got to really figure something out. There's been rumors about them trading for a big guy to try to get a little rim protection, and they desperately need to make some sort of move because this defense cannot win you a championship. Yeah,
1: I, like I said, I don't think it's sustainable, but if they can score 145-150, they're going to be in games. They're going to be really close if they can be one of the best offenses of all time.
0: Yeah, but in the playoffs, game slows down, defense steps up scores get significantly significantly lower once playoffs come around that's going to be a problem
1: yeah it becomes a little bit more of a half court game which might be tough for him but it's funny because the the entertainment factor for this team is just through the roof and now they're getting attached to everybody who is a free agent or is rumored to be you know on the trade block or it gets bought out so i've seen their them attached to andre drummond jj reddick maybe like we even said kevin love javel mcgee like i don't know if they can afford any of these guys i don't know what they have to trade but They're just, they're a movie right now. It's an absolute
0: circus and I'm enjoying it. They are looking at the other side of the game because it's been big talk in the last week is got to look at Bradley Beal, currently the NBA leader in points per game. I think he's averaging just under 35 points per game or so. And he's one of the longest tenured players on his current team in the NBA. He's been in the Wizards forever. I don't even know how long it is, like eight, nine years, something like that at least. And... It rarely happens that guys as good as he is just get stuck. He's in Mike Trout land, essentially, just get stuck on terrible teams that can't ever figure anything out for this long. And there's been talk about teams trying to trade for him or or him moving on maybe next offseason or something. Do you have any thoughts or feelings on where Bradley Beal should go or what he should do? I hope that he requests a trade. Uh, I saw people talking last night
1: that his body language in this last game very similarly mirrored James Harden's in his last game with the Rockets. Like there was a timeout towards the end of the game where the whole team was in the huddle and he was just kind of sitting off to the side on the scorer's table drinking water looking pissed off. So I feel bad for Bradley Beal. I do hope that he gets traded to a contender. I've heard people mention the Warriors, but that just kind of creates a weird situation. I don't exactly know what the Warriors would give up. Probably James Wiseman, and I don't know if they'd want to do that at this point. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think in terms of a realistic team that he could get traded to?
0: I honestly don't know. I mean, moral of the story is we as fans like to see the best players play for teams who play meaningful games. They don't have to be on the best teams. I'm not a big, like, super team you know, combine all the best players fan, but you want to see these guys playing games that matter. And Bradley Beal has just never gotten to do it in his nine year NBA career. So I'll have to think about that a little bit more, but I just want him to play for someone who actually cares about winning. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's
1: funny though because like I I know that this is a drastic difference between the Wizards and like the Blazers. But I said before like I wish Dame Lillard would leave and go somewhere where he could
0: win. And you disagreed on that. Damian Lillard has made it to the conference finals. Bradley Beal is on the worst team in the NBA. There's a monster difference there. But where there's not a monster
1: difference is that they both have a zero percent chance is, of winning a title with their current gosh, team. Gosh, you're just zero. You're impossible. <laughs> Damian Lillard has a 0% chance,
0: a 0.0
1: of winning a title with Portland. Okay,
0: do you know what's do you know what's funny though is how we like trick ourselves into actually feeling bad for these people. Bradley Beal has made 144 million dollars playing basketball for a living like yeah that's pretty chill he's he's doing okay like dude will be fine 144 million dollars and he's owed like let's see 71 million dollars over the next two seasons so it's gonna be okay yeah i mean uh, now that you've
1: mentioned that i I can afford to watch him pout on the sidelines of wizards game for a little bit longer and he went to florida oh yeah yeah so whatever screw that guy stay on the wizards (laughs) yeah i mean what's funny is if he gets traded then russell westbrook is just kind of alone with the wizards how brutal is that but at that point if they're tanking they will probably uh buy him out at which point he could go to the nets
0: (laughs) (laughs) that i would root for that so hard i don't know russ might have the time of his life on a team where he's by himself again just putting up 35 shots a game having like a 95 usage rate (laughs) yeah (laughs) he would just use every possession yeah you're right So you're assuming that he stays with the Wizards, not gets signed by the Nets. He probably would go somewhere else, but I'm just saying, if he was (laughs) on a team by himself again where he's the Lone Star for the first time in a little bit, he'd probably have fun.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. Well, one more thing that I want to mention in the NBA is the Jazz. Sitting at number two in the West right now, between the Clippers and the Lakers, very well-rounded team. They've got Donovan Mitchell leading them in points, Rudy Gobert leading them in rebounds, and pretty much every major defensive category. And then Mike Conley, full season with him at point guard, leading them in assists. They're a good
0: team. What do you think? Do you think they can make it out of the West? They're a very tough team. The weird thing about them is I think they're built more for the regular season than they are for the playoffs. They're they're well-rounded scoring, like you said. I think they've got like five guys in double figures. In Donovan Mitchell is Donovan Mitchell's the only guy in on their team averaging over 20 points per game. They're the third best defensive team in the NBA right now, with Rudy Gobert being a multiple-time defensive player of the year winner. But I just don't think they have the star power at the top to beat a team like the Clippers or the Lakers in a seven-game series in the playoffs. So I do like the Jazz. I would not be surprised if they finish this high, top three in the West in the regular season. Don't see them winning in NBA Finals.
1: I'm with you on that. Well, while we're on the topic of contenders in the West and in the NBA, do you feel like the Clippers have kind of like fallen off the face of the earth? I feel like they're getting no attention. Is that just me? They're
0: starting to, again, for some for some reason, they weren't getting attention. So they should have been getting attention all along. Last year, the whole season, everyone's like the Clippers are the team to go through. The Clippers are the most talented team. Paul George and Kawhi and their primes are just really tough to stop. Two of the best two-way players in the league. And they were considered a title favorite all year. And they choked to the nuggets. And deservedly so, they got a lot of crap for it. And they deserved it. But they're the same team last year this year as they were last year. Same exact team. They lost Montrez Harold and replaced him with Serge Ibaka. who's just as good. Like that's a really, really tough team to beat. And now that they're on this run, they lost a game somewhere in there, maybe two games, when Paul George and Kawhi were out for contact tracing for COVID. But when those guys have been in the lineup, they have been nearly unstoppable. They've been incredible. And so they're finally starting to get talk again and they deserve it because they have got to be one of the two leading contenders for the NBA finals, them and the Lakers. It's got to be.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I just think it's funny because I just feel like the media hasn't talked about them a lot, but they're sitting there number one in the West. Like you said, they were the favorite all year last year. I just feel like all of the focus has been on the defending champion Lakers right across town, the Nets, now that they have that big three, like we just talked about the Jazz. People want to talk about the Bucks. I don't know. I feel like the Clippers flying under the radar, which will will help them with some of the personality types they have on that team.
0: Yeah, they're not going to fly under the radar for much longer because they are very, very good. We just got to see if the pandemic is still going on when the playoffs come around because, you know, pandemic P might come out again and average like four points a game on 12% shooting. (laughs) You are correct on that. And before we leave NBA, I just want to touch on the bet we made
1: last week, who would go farther in the playoffs between the Nets and the Bucs, especially because we're talking about championship odds. Did you know that the Nets are currently the favorite to win the East? That is very surprising to me. Yeah, the Nets are plus 200 to win the East. The Bucs are plus 350. So actually like a decently
0: significant favorite. That's shocking. I still fully stand by my previous prediction that the Bucks will make it farther than the Nets.
1: Yeah, and they, they've got them ahead of the Clippers, too, for title odds. So NBA championship odds on Sportsbook, Lakers plus 200, Nets plus 550,
0: Clippers plus 600, a 1,000. Wow. Yeah, those there's several things in that that are surprising. I need to hop on there tomorrow and see what I can do. Yeah, check it out. I love NBA futures. I, I hate
1: betting on individual games because they always are just terrible for me, but futures – It's the place to be.
0: I'm down. Let's take a look. All right, let's do it. Well, you want to move on to Major League Baseball? Yeah. Biggest news in Major League Baseball this past week is that the Colorado Rockies traded third baseman Nolan Arenado to the St. Louis Cardinals. What did you think about this trade? So I think the same thing I think about every
1: Major League Baseball trade, and it's that the team who got the Major Leaguer wins because I don't know anything about the prospects. (laughs) That's what's so hard about evaluating Major League Baseball trades is because the names that come back mean nothing. It's like it's like. I think they said the Cardinals' top prospect, whoever. It's like, that doesn't mean anything. They basically just tell you this guy might be good in 8 to 15 years, and that's great. But unless it's a phenom prospect like Bryce Harper or Steven Strasburg, no one knows how to evaluate it. And everything that I've seen from the so-called experts seem to think the Rockies got fleeced. So I think that it, it vaults the St. Louis Cardinals back into contention. I think it's a great trade for them. I wish the Braves had made it.
0: Yeah, baseball trades are always like that since prospects are always on one side of the deal. You have to look back in five or eight years, whatever, to see what those guys turned into. So it's hard to say at the time. I do like the trade for the Cardinals as far as kind of trying to push them over the edge in the NL Central to be the best team in that division. One thing that you always have to keep an eye on with these guys coming out of Colorado is everyone always wonders how well are they going to hit when they're not playing in Coors Field for 81 games a season. The most recent guy that happened to was D.J. LeMahieu, and it's clearly worked out pretty well for him in his two years with the Yankees. He's at 3.27 and 364. So he's doing perfectly fine. Nolan Arenado's is a stud. Part of his value is that he's such a good defensive player. So that's going to translate no matter where he's playing. He's going to be a good hitter regardless. He's not going to put up the same numbers he did in Colorado, but that's okay. That's still a really, really good player. And I think very much worth this trade.
1: Yeah, that's big time. And it kind of leads me to the next question is, is Trevor Story leaving next? I mean, he's an absolute stud for them at shortstop, but if they're going to sell Arenado for prospects, I mean story could be on the move and that's a huge deal
0: maybe so I feel like story has been talked about in trade conversations for the last season or two that he's it's been a possibility so I feel like you're right once Nolan arenado has gone they're not immediately in contention especially in the division they play and they're not going to win that anytime soon like that's just it's a battle when you're playing against the Padres and the Dodgers for a while you're they're not going to surpass them there's just no chance right now so might as well load up for the future it's probably what they're going to do Yeah, we will see. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about with baseball
1: is the MLB recently proposed a 154-game season with full pay, as if they were playing 162, to start a month late on April 28th with expanded playoffs and a universal DH. What do you think about that?
0: I am on record that I'm out on the expanded playoffs, no expanded playoffs. I want games to matter more during the regular season but fewer games yes universal dh yes (laughs) yeah
1: 154 games chops off eight as long as they chop off about 50 more (laughs) that that's good for me but yeah just as long as they end up having a universal dh so that the braves can bring back marcelo zuna i am on board with whatever proposal or whatever else is included in the proposal
0: i'm all the way against expanded playoffs not about it too many teams man is
1: yeah, but it's inevitable. There's money in it, so it's going to happen. I, I thought the same thing about the NFL for a while, but it's going to happen. Yeah, you're probably right.
0: So I might as well suck it up and deal <laughs>
1: yeah. with it. All right, well, that's about all we got for today. But before we go, I've got a, a trivia question for you. Trivia, sports trivia or other trivia? Sports triv, because okay. Mac asked me this question today, so I want to pass it along to you. Oh. And I got it right on my third guess, so I'm going to give you three guesses, okay?
0: Okay.
1: In, in honor of Super Bowl week, it is Super Bowl related. All right. So what NFL team has been to four Super Bowls but has never had a lead in any of them?
0: I'm assuming it's not the obvious answer. It can't be the obvious answer. I'm
1: wondering if you're thinking the same thing that I guessed first. My first would
0: be the Buffalo Bills.
1: Yes, it is not them. I mean, that's what I guessed first, but they did have a lead, at least in one of those games. I think they led against the Cowboys like at halftime and then got killed in the second half. Wow. Okay. But obviously, what what you know from the question is that it's a team who's never won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So that limits it to a certain amount. But it's a respectable franchise who's been to four. So those are your two hints. You got two more guesses. The Rams. Uh no, but that was actually my second guess too. Really? Yeah. Are we related? <laughs> it maybe. Okay. Uh, this is gonna be creepy if you get this on the on the third one.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see here. Do, do, I feel do, like every do, team that do, I think do, of has won one. Do. Yeah, it's it's a little bit tough, but it's tough. Uh, just hit me with it. Minnesota Vikings.
1: Wow. Okay. Yep. Been to four Super Bowls. Never held a lead. But they'll all turn around next year when Kirk Cousins leads them to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Are you going to go ahead and predict that for next season? Oh, no, I'm kidding. There there are actually rumors that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers want to trade for Kirk Cousins now that they missed out on Matthew Stafford. So keep an eye on that one. That would be wild. Okay, before we're done, have you heard anything about about the Little Things, the movie? I have, and I do this with every movie that comes out. I asked Tori if she wanted to watch it. She didn't really feel like it at the time. It just didn't make sense, you know, in the context of our day as we were binge watching Peaky Blinders. And then the next thing you know, I'm reading articles about how it was disappointing and not that good. And now I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah, everyone says it's disappointing. <laughs> everyone at work today said it was a bomb. Damn it! I know. I do, know, that's what I'm I do saying, that dude. with every movie it that sucks. comes out that I get excited about. Is I just wait too long? I hear that it's bad, and then I'm like, all right, I'm out. Yep. I Guess I'm holding out for Space Jam 2. Space Jam 2 this summer? Yes. All right, let's do it. We need it. (laughs) Yes, we do. All
0: right, that's it. Thank you all so much for listening once again. Have a happy Super Bowl weekend. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify and whatever the other one is, Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Leave (laughs) us some ratings and reviews. (laughs) Yes. And uh, other than that, have a good day. Enjoy Super Bowl week.